I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World. The podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. You are catching us deep into a hang. We? we? We've been hard hanging today. We had lunch and dinner together. Yeah. We've been hanging since like 2 p.m. and it's like 9 p.m. It's a total day hang. Yeah, really solid. And we each have a dog on our lap. What's funny about this episode is that the doorbell rang so many times in the episode because it's like a, it's symbolic of so many people coming and going that the dogs barked every single time a doorbell rang on the show. Which goes to show that I think they use really realistic sound effects. Yeah. So props to whatever team made that happen. So how was your day? It was really great. You know, like when you have those days where, you know, you just think that not much is going to happen, but then like someone who just like has a sparkle, who really like increases the quality of your day, both with their intellect and personality, just, um, you know, just kind of descends upon you. Wow. Yeah, it was like that. I think it's because I played jazz music while we wrote. Yeah, we were having having a co-writing session, and um, uh, Brittany was playing some sweet tunes. There was some Enya up in there. Oh, mashup. Yeah, mashup. I was ready for an Enya mashup. Have you ever seen that? I feel like it went around Instagram, the thing about how she lives in, like, this castle by herself with a bunch of cats and, like, loves her life and is living her best life. Whenever I think of Orinoco Flow, I think of um, that one infomercial that would come on, like, late at night where it was all those all those types of songs. No, it was, like, all those very, like, soothing songs. Doggy. It was, like, uh, collections yeah. of them. Yeah, but the only songs I can think of being on it were the two Enya songs. Unless we're, like, on a vacation. I haven't hung out with a friend for a whole day in a really long time. Yeah, it feels like something that is rare after college. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, like, just, like, plan a day. We were like, what are we going to eat tonight? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you feel that with, like, if you're dating someone or, like, a roommate or something. But, like, well, straight up bud. When you have an occasion to say, what are we going to eat for more than one time in one day? yeah. Uh, what do we get? What are we gonna eat? Is really um, a blessed question to be able to ask. Yeah, and and I've learned just from my own relationship is that sometimes you you will try and like hypothesize about what you should eat for the next like. What are they doing? Is there a ghost? <laughs> they're both. They are both looking down. Can you get a photo of yeah. that? The dogs are acting really strange right now. They're both on my lap and they're. Looking down at the ground as if... You know what? I kind of think there could be a ghost in this house. It feels pretty ghost-friendly. Ghost-positive. Like, like positively, there is a ghost in here? Yeah. Do you feel like dogs can, like, sense when there's a ghost? Yes. Because they're both... They were both, like, looking straight down. Oh, fuck. They're doing it again. Where... Where are we? Um, we're both working on a feature, so we did some of that. I had rehearsal for a show that I'm in that if anyone lives in the L.A. area, 
It's November 13th and November 20th. It is a 80s cult classic horror film parody called Those Who Change, followed by, it's a double feature, Changers, a 90s horror film parody. And I'm going to be playing Stoner Janice. So uh, please come see that if you live in the LA area. It's at Groundlings. What were the dates again? November 13th and November 20th. It's two Monday nights and they're back to back. Double feature. God, Doug. She really is. It's like having the dogs here is a version of having like a really like a really sexy person that you're really into, like right there trying to get your attention, but in a non-sexual way. Like yeah. I just I'm just like, oh fuck it. I just wanna like look Stare at, you. at you. Yeah. They're both looking down again. <laughs> They're both we staring have to, straight. We have to get this together. They're both staring straight down at the wooden floor. Kind of creeping me out. <laughs> This room in particular has like ghostly vibes. Yeah, someone probably died here. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up. Or am I Excuse me. Excuse me. Episode 8, Lame Miserable? Miserables. Lame, lame Miserables. I'm going to say Lame Miserables. Or Lame Miserables. Okay, I got to get something off my chest. Almost every single time we see the Morgendorfers eating dinner, they're eating lasagna. They are a pa- pasta heavy fam. But like, how often do they have time to make lasagna? I have never made lasagna and I cook a lot. But lasagna seems really time-consuming, and for two working parents, it's excessive. It's a lot of lasagna. Yeah, it's pretty unrealistic. Maybe, maybe, okay, let's think realistically, like, perhaps the uh, artists, maybe lasagna was like... It was a reuse prop. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was just so much easier to, like, like it is in real life, it was easier to make lasagna than it is to make, you know, Something new, to try something new. Yeah. Anyhow, Helen is giving this speech on how great it is that they get to eat dinner all together and that they can share their days and that it's a blessing that they can share this time together. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Nobody's really paying attention to the activity at hand which is that when Helen comes home from work, she wants them all to talk about their days. You know, Daria's reading, Quinn's, you know, doing whatever. Quinn's also reading, um, and she's reading a magazine called Waif. Oh, yeah, Waif. And then uh, Jake is reading the newspaper and freaking out. Um, And then we go to the Lane house, which is very different. I feel like this is the first time we've seen the Lane kitchen before. Mm, We saw the Lane kitchen when, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but it was when Trent is on the phone with Daria trying to talk about what to get get Jane for her birthday. And Jane keeps walking back and forth from the fridge. I don't know why I thought of that. Wow, it's so specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, this time we see Trent and Jane looking at the empty fridge. There's some sort of red soda that's been spilled in the fridge. So they're talking about that. And then a third person pops up to also remark on the emptiness of the fridge in sort of like an uh, bummer way as well. But it's their mom. Yeah, it's Amanda, who I think we saw one other time perhaps in um, when like Mr. O'Neill was calling her. Because I remember hearing Amanda. But I don't Amanda. think we saw her face. We saw like her POV. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. When she took the call. Yeah. And I sort of imagined her to be, to like look like Jane, but she looks nothing like either of them, which makes no, me wonder doesn't. if Trent and Jane dye their hair. Although their dad has black hair. Yeah, their daddy has. But the whole family, I will say, spoiler alert, but we do see the whole Jane family and, yeah. sorry, Lane family. And, um, None of them look alike. But I think that might be to uh, highlight the fact that they're such individuals and wandering beings. Or it's sort of like they got the Lady and the Tramp treatment. If you recall that Disney movie where at the very end the Lady and the Tramp have puppies and all of the puppies just look fully like a Cocker Spaniel or like a... um, you know, wire haired terrier or whatever kind of dog he was. Like it, 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 it wait, ma- lady was a cocker spaniel. I believe so. She was some sort of spaniel. Maybe she like was a like King a cavalier Charles. King Charles spaniel or something, something more regal. But I wonder how they overcame her pissing problem. <laughs> I imagine that would be difficult to undertake as a partner. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's uh, the 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 bedwetting, or not even just bedwetting, the the floor wetting. No, I know a cocker spaniel. Yeah, she pees every time one of us has an emotion. Right, but do you know what I'm talking about? They yeah. like acted like genetics w- weren't a thing. And, like, right, like you didn't. Nothing is spliced in the babies. It's just you fully look like your dad, or you fully look like your mom, and that's kind of what the Lane family is. Yeah, that's why you got to have parents that look pretty much exactly alike. Oh, because that's how it works in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I think I do look like you've met my dad. Yeah. Maybe no, not. but I feel like I look, you it, look a lot like your mom, but I think I look like a truly, if you took both of them and smashed their heads together, I feel like that's me as it should be. Yeah. And the door bell Ding rings dong. and, um, it is Win, the first brother. Oh, to I thought it was Wind. I thought so too, but as they said it more, I think it's just Win, hmm. and he is the first toe-headed sibling to arrive. And he, do you know what toe-headed? Means? Yeah, it kind of sounds like a slur, though, doesn't it? Yeah, may, I should double check that it's like okay to use that. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I haven't cut your nails in so long, and every time you walk across the floor, it's like. Someone, reminder. It's like freaking Fred Astaire up in here. <laughs> <laughs> but Wynn is upset because he has just gone through a separation and he is gearing up for a divorce. So he's very sad. And But I think that like perhaps he got a divorce because he lives in a houseboat. Some people would be into that. Doesn't sound like Katie was. No, Katie was not. And then the second to arrive. Before we can even get into win or wind. Mm, okay. It's ding dong. It's ding dong. What does this mean? The doorbell. <laughs> I, we said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. And it's um it's someone that I thought that you'd kind of be into, Penny. Oh, you mean the ne- the second person. Correct. Yeah, Penny. I was into her. She was a little too angry. Mm. I'm into to softer ladies. Like like Aunt Amy. Yeah, and Amy is exactly my wheelhouse. But Penny, I feel like you would be into for like a little bit. I think you would go on like a bender with Penny. And then you'd realize like, eh, yeah, Penny's not for me. You'd be like very aware of the fact that you and Penny aren't like going to be a long-term thing. It's possible, but I don't know if I can respect anyone who goes down to Mexico to start a business and doesn't even bother learning Spanish. That's true. And has a parrot. Yeah, the parrot thing. I know someone who has been with her partner for almost 30 years now, and there's a parrot in the relationship that has been there since the beginning. And there's a still third? Alive. There's a third. The parrot is the third. Its name is Pickle. Ugh. And they have like two adult daughters now who are there, and Pickle is... May I ask if they're both women? Yeah. I hope this isn't a lesbian thing, because... One of my old roommate's friends, who's a lesbian, had a parrot with her partner. Mm. I forget the name. If I ever heard it again, I'd be like, that's the name. I definitely... Those are the only two parrots I've ever heard of being domestic and both lesbian couples. That's not insane. Not terribly surprising. Yeah. Then, ding dong, daddy. Ding dong, daddy's home. And he's he's come from some travels as well. It's very quickly established that all of these children and the family are are real rambling men and women. Yeah, pretty much Jane. Jane is kind of like the black sheep in the family, as you find, because like she's kind of the only one with like roots. I mean, obviously she's in high school, so she kind of has to stay there, but she seems to be the only one with like real roots. However, we do probably, we probably can infer that she will leave after high school and probably go to like New York or something, but... She's really the only one that's rooted there. It really does just feel like she is temporarily rooted there, though. I can't imagine her, like, making Lawndale her life. Could you see Trent making Lawndale his life? Yeah, but just out of laziness. Just out of, like, not having the gumption to change it mm. but it is there's an interesting juxtaposition that happens throughout this whole part where you're meeting the rest of the lane family where we're cutting back in moments to the morgendorfers and you really kind of quickly appreciate it's sort of like what i remember us talking about in the first or second episode about how glaring the morgendorfer girls privileges Right. And this is another example of that, of how all the things that Quinn and Daria found find annoying about their family and like somewhat smothering is actually quite a luxury when you compare it to, you know, cutting to Jane and Trent, like having no food in the fridge and right. having all of their family be pretty like distant emotionally. Right. But I, but a lot, but we also obviously like it's reinstated that Helen is certainly the head of the household. She's the one that keeps everything afloat. There's an interesting interaction between her and Jake where he's watching basketball, I'm assuming, and it's just kind of like very checked out. And she's trying to have a real conversation about parenting. And she is like, I feel like you don't even know like the rudimentary facts about our children that we parent together. Right. And then he quickly proves her point by saying that he thinks that Quinn is 11 years old. (laughs) 
And and this kind of reminds me of that uh, that viral essay that was going around about emotional labor. That it's not always about like obviously he will cook sometimes, but there's also this emotional labor aspect to remembering and knowing all these things about your family. Like Helen is certainly the one that remembers birthdays, uh, remembers anniversaries, remembers things that they have to go to. Like she no doubt pulls a lot in terms of emotional labor and Jake kind of is there just as like this relief. Yeah, he definitely has like the oblivious father thing going on with him which you don't really see in a lot of other shows i don't know i feel like that it's a pretty common archetype like i think i feel like a lot are of you times, talking about like the like doofy husband and like yeah wife just, who has it together exactly that's pretty pretty common i think yeah but this feel like i feel like in those shows i feel like that trope always works against the woman in a way because you're like they make the husband more relatable than the woman and they make the woman more like kind of naggy. Whereas with this, it's like you actually are really irritated with Jake and you're kind of more on the side of Helen. Right, yeah. They do the same thing that other shows do, but actually make you sympathetic to the To, to the person, yeah, that's pulling the, the labes. So Pulling the labes, everybody. <laughs> So Jane is starting to realize that her house is getting a little too crowded for her. She's trying to watch Six Ad World and Wynne comes in and needs to watch this show called Living Marriage. It's a holistic blueprint for lovers. and um, Which reminds me of the podcast that we were talking about earlier. Ooh, yeah. Just another Where do we uh, begin? quick podcast plug. Is it called Where Should We Begin or Where Do We Begin? I believe it's Where Do We Begin. It's so good. Or I actually don't know for sure. But yeah, with Esther Perel mm-hmm. um, giving really spot on relationship advice to couples. It's a recorded session of a couple of couples therapy and they all have like a very specific problem and it's it's really good. It's pretty much always like it always boils down to one of them being like, we don't have sex enough. And then they go for like 40 minutes. I mean, they go through a whole rigmarole and then it always turns out that the person who's accusing the other person of not wanting to have sex is actually the one who has like kind of issues and they're making that be the issue. Hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah, I should listen to that more because I feel like when I'm in a relationship, like a monogamous relationship or any sort of relationship, but... That is totally something that, to a fault, I notice about myself that, like, to an embarrassing degree, if, like, sex isn't happening or hasn't happened in a while, it's, like, my, I'll project all these problems onto shit, and then, like, as soon as sex happens, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's fine. Like, there's an unfair kind of weight that's given to this Mm -hmm. one aspect of the relationship but at the same time I think that like for me I'm someone who's so verbal and so like in my head and analytical that the getting to the nonverbal physical chemistry connection with someone can be like a relief on many levels I feel like it communicates something that like overthinking and words can't communicate because you let your bodies do the talking exactly anyhow we uh open those labes <laughs> was so, that the saying? Open the lab? I already forget. Go I forget on. too. 
Well, like completely. Yeah. <laughs> Something about libs. But anyhow, um, so yeah, Jane is dealing with the fact that there's really no space anymore. And she goes downstairs to talk to her mother, who I'm pretty sure she hasn't even... I mean, I don't even know if I've heard them say mom, but I'm pretty sure they probably call her Amanda. But Amanda is kind of giving this... Is kind of talking about, like, her strategy for parenting. And something that she said is that when Trent was younger, she left him outside in a tent for six months because he just needed to, like, figure things out for himself And she basically has this very, like, hands-off approach to parenting. And uh, she even said that Summer, who is one of of Jane's other sisters, that, yeah, Summer only ate Pez for a year. Like, she just has this, like, very hands-off approach where she can't be held responsible, but she also can't be... It's like it's like simultaneously she wants to not be held responsible for anything, any, like, bad lessons that her children can learn but she also can't be the reason why her kids had learned lessons because she was truly not a part of it. So in this way, she kind of operates as like this person who's just so outside of the realm of being a parent. Like she's, she kind of just exists there without ever really doing anything. It's a pretty extreme version of like going for plausible deniability but about your kids, which is strange. It's like you don't want to be credited with the good or the bad. Right. And so... This episode for me was just really quite interesting because it really does show um, two very different parenting styles, which is a threat. Like, I feel like this is a theme that is totally a thread throughout Daria. We've seen so many different parenting styles. Like, I feel I feel like the two other ones we saw was um, when Daria was babysitting those two children. And then also when she started, when she dated that guy who had, like, those very, like, granola-y parents. Yeah, and we saw with um, Jody's parents. Yeah, 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 totally. And so it's interesting to always see the way that the Morgendorfers parent versus the way another family parents. And you kind of always come back to, like, I mean, except for the Landons. I feel like the Landons were kind of, um, kind of took the cake. But I feel like a lot of the times you're like, oh, no, the, the Helen in particular is a really great mother. But she does have flaws, totally. She cares about her work, like, a lot. But I think that's also okay because she does find a way to balance. You know what I mean? Like, she comes home and she's very interactive with her children. Right. And she works full-time just like her her husband, but her husband doesn't even know their children's ages. Right. Yeah. And there's so many things about this show that it's interesting to, like, notice what worked at the time it came out in the 90s that wouldn't have worked now and I don't I mean I I totally could see a show nowadays conveying this level of neglect but in real life like the Lane style of parenting would be I don't even know how many like points it would violate unlike if a social worker was checking out the house or something. Right. There'd be, I feel like there'd be so many like think pieces. Right. So, so Jane ends up coming over to Daria. So basically both Jane and Trent end up escaping to the Morgendorfers. So it's this juxtaposition of like, you you know, you've seen the Morgendorfers as this complete whole and then the family coming together in the Lane household actually ends up alienating more than creating unity. And so in particular, Jane and Trent want to get out of there. Jane comes over the Morgendorfers first. And um, Jake... Helen really wants to bond with Jane. Yeah, which like I on think their is morning sweet. runs. Which it's great that Jane is still running. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, carried over from from her track star episode. But Jake takes this opportunity to grill Jane about Daria. And Jane says he only gets three questions. And he ends up asking her age, her height, and her favorite color. Um, so given that he spends so much time railing against his abusive, alcoholic, neglectful father, it's pretty shocking the extent to which, like, I feel like they almost pushed it a little bit too far. I don't know if I actually believe that he's that oblivious or would be that oblivious. Yeah, I agree. Because, and he also, I could see him asking those questions about Quinn, perhaps, but I feel like with Daria, they've done so much work to build the connection that that he and Daria share together that it feels a little, yeah, it feels like a reach to be like, he doesn't know anything about Daria. And then Trent also comes over to the Morgendorfers, and I found that moment really sad because he there's this whole exchange where they've just sat down for dinner and Trent kind of goes out of his way to comment about how whatever it is they're having is his favorite thing. Like he's clearly angling to be invited to have some. Right. But it was, it was like this grown child, like a young adult um, who just seemed hungry and like he wasn't being fed at home seeing this home cooked meal and like, trying to figure out how to get it. It was really sad. Right. And then in coupled with that is that he was talking about how he was probably just going to live in the van. So there's two instances that we've heard of in about 10 minutes where he didn't live in the house. He lived outside of the house, most likely for attention, perhaps. For attention? Yeah. Like, like I'm just going to go live in the car. Like, I'm just going to go live in the tent. Oh, from his family. Correct. Like, from his family of origin. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's fair. New outfit alert. Daria is wearing a Mark Twain shirt to bed. And Oversized t-shirt. And I didn't see any pants or shorts. Did <laughs> or you? Or underwear. Well, I didn't look there. I remember that comment you made about Daria's legs before, so just checking if you were But that was with out. boots. I think all legs look better wearing boots. But all three of them, Jane, Daria, and Quinn, have an outfit change. Jane, so does Trent. Yeah. And He's Jane, wearing a green tank top. Jane and Daria are basically in their like nighttime lounge wear, and Quinn is wearing a purple number that seems like she's about to go out on a date. Yeah. And she wants Jane to help her figure out the right shade of eyeshadow to wear. So something happens in this scene, though, where Trent goes into Daria's room and he lays down on her bed, and he's like, Daria, your room's very cool. And then he lays down on her bed, and he's like, comfy bed. And he's like, I don't know if he knows that he's, like, fucking with her, but he's certainly fucking with her. But, yeah, we had determined last episode or a couple episodes ago, the one where she worked at the peanut hut at the right, mall, yeah, yeah. that he does know that she has a crush on him because he went out of his way to help her save face in that episode and not be humiliated in front of him. So I think we kind of interpreted that as him having some sort of awareness that she would be embarrassed to be like seen at her mall job in front of him, which would suggest that she has a crush on him. Right. So, but this one made him seem like kind of willfully oblivious to it. Right. Or he's fucking with her. Yeah. I can't really tell. But um, Quinn gives Daria this like piece of advice because because it's very clear to now Quinn and Jane, 
obviously that Daria has a thing for Trent because he leaves to go on a date. And and the similarities between like Trent and Quinn are kind of pointed at in this episode as well. But Trent leaves to go on his date and Quinn is giving Daria some piece of advice, like a very nice, sincere piece of advice about like visualize like what a future could look like. And Daria visualizes a future, but it's um, her working double shifts as some sort of... Gene splicer. Yeah. And Trent is kind of just a bum. Like, he's still in the band, but he hasn't done anything. He believes that the only way he's going to accomplish anything is just, like, laying down and being lazy. And um, he hasn't gotten a real job. And they also have a child named Trent Jr. And so when she, like, gets out of that little, like, weird fantasy... She's like, oh, never mind. I I think I just got over something. Which was a huge moment. Huge moment. And the uh, the thing that Quinn fantasizes about the future is like this kind of like cookie cutter handsome dude worshiping her, right. basically. Yeah. But also it was funny that like he provided the caveat in in the fantasy that like he'd basically wait on her hand and foot unless she decided she wanted someone else and then he would yeah leave like she always she's not really looking for true love she's looking for like anyone to suit her fancy for as long as she wants and then move on to the next yeah she's like a yeah she's she's really she really knows what she wants and is very honest and forward about it so then we get to um, another sibling arrives. Summer, the most Aryan looking of all of the Lane children, and her two her two children. Yeah, and that really completes completes the scene at the Lane household. But it's starting to overwhelm Amanda Lane, the mother. You could see that it's starting to overwhelm her quite a bit. Then we get back to the Morgendorfers and it's the morning and Quinn is overslept because of her date and Trent is overslept because him and his girlfriend Monique broke up and Helen is hellbent on, you know, trying to find a way to punish Trent so that he'll learn. But then, ding dong, Amanda Lane has showed up at the Morgendorfers. <laughs> that was me barking at the oh, doorbell. Look at them. I saw so Amanda is just asking for Helen's help. She needs her house back. And Helen has an idea, which is get everyone in your family together and ask them how their day is because they will certainly not want to be there anymore. And I thought it was like combo of like sit everyone down for a family dinner and then make them talk about their, themselves. Right, right, right. Um, and I hate to point it out again, but now the Lanes are eating lasagna. They didn't have anything in their fridge. You think that someone has the time to put together lasagna? Amanda may have been very motivated if yeah. she felt like this was her only chance to disband the family. And if she was getting advice from Helen, maybe she got her favorite recipe from her too. But then the biggest moment in the episode happens. It's when Trent's leaving to go back to his house. And he says something like, it's too bad you're not older because then I'd take you on a date. And Daria. The, and then he laughs really hard, but then like chokes on his laughter because I think he's a smoker, right? And um then Daria goes into this fantasy mode where he is like very clean cut and they're standing in front of a fire and then cut out of the fantasy and she's like, damn it. So she still's and got the feelings. It's back. 
It was literally like a three minute span that she didn't have a crush on him. Yeah. And what a, what sweet freedom in those three minutes, That what that must have felt like. Yeah. You know what she should have done? Talk to Esther Perel. Cord pulling. Oh, yeah. How, how did that go for everyone who was a member of our Patreon who joined us in the live stream for cord pulling? Let us We'd know. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. If any of you had any um, feedback about how it felt to energetically release from the person that you thought about. I feel like I've, uh, it, it, I feel like it worked for me. Like I didn't, the thing didn't happen where the person like came back in my life or reemerged right. for like a, a dying gasp type way. Um, not that I want to use terms of death, but you know what I mean? But I definitely have been feeling a lot clearer and disconnected from, That's great. from that. Yeah. I'm going to have to cord pull tonight. I got a few extra people lying around that I need to Did you out. feel any difference for you? I think so. Things have been like kind of better since I cord pulled. Like that, like I cord pulled someone who I dated like eight years ago. And this person isn't present in my life in any possible way. But I was just curious if like old feelings and old insecurities that like would pop up because of that relationship. I wondered if I could cord pull those. And I kind of think it worked. Hmm. Well, we're brilliant. Thank you for listening to another brilliant episode of Sicker Satter World. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Sicker Satter. If you want to go to our website, we're at Sicker Satter World. If you want to support us on Patreon, please do. If you want to be, be nice. a little sweetheart. If you'd like to give us a review on iTunes, that'd be sweet. Especially if it's nice. Yeah, if it's mean, forget about it. Thank you so much. Have a nice day.